0: Holy cow Rick Baker's metamorphosis book
1: It weighs a fuck ton Is it good though? Oh yeah it's incredible I haven't had a chance to finish going through it Because there's just so much Mm -hmm. It's it's like Wow, awesome, it's, it's insane. Still waiting on
0: mine, but uh, I didn't get in early enough. But I'll, I'll I'll get it soon. I'm still waiting on it back order.
1: Yeah, and then you got to just unplug the phone and send the kids away for a holiday, so mm-hmm. you can spend time looking at it because it's holy crap. Thank I you, Rick. Imagine. Thank you, Rick, for doing it. Yeah, oh, I can't my imagine God.
0: he would uh, he would do a less than amazing book. I uh, one of the things that's Good about that too is the uh, the amount of podcasts he's done at the moment you know, with the promotion of the book and everything. I guess he's on top of that. I don't know if you've seen them, but he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, I, I
1: haven't, and uh, I think he did Mark Mayron. Uh, did he?
0: Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. the WTF? And have not also, have not
1: listened to to them yet. But uh, yeah,
0: he did the Mark Mayron one. He did the Joe Rogan podcast, and also Gilbert Gottfried as well, which is not a podcast I listen to a lot. Um, there's been a few on there, like Dennis Murin, I think was on there once, but, uh, yeah. So go and check those out. Cause they're awesome. I, I listened to the, uh, the, um, the Rick Baker one on the drive up to Bolton the other day. And that was fun. So that was like two hours. It was awesome. Cool.
1: Well, Very cool. It's i on, on my list. So
0: what have you been up to? I've been busy. I've been busy, busy.
1: Yeah, you sure have. Um, you did, did a few days on the new James Bond picture and you've been doing Dracula and... Mm-hmm teaching up in Bolton, mm-hmm. and you're prepping a huge project that you're doing with uh, Neil Morrill that you're going to do at Sean's stand at the prosthetics event. Yeah, right?
0: it's, yeah, we're doing the, uh, uh, it's a tribute to the Reverend Brown from Coming to America, so uh, another Rick Baker connection there, but uh, it's, <laughs> again, not not at all I'd up to live to, is it, really? <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, so I basically did the live cast here. And then I shipped a copy, or the mold I shipped to Neil, and I I got out a positive, cleaned it up, master molded it while he got the head and he he got a positive out and and roughed out the sculpt and blocked in the detail, floated the pieces off, packed them, sent them back to me, and I'm in the process now of making the cores. And then I'll finish off the sculpts, and then when he gets back, we'll run the pieces and stick them on. So a nice, interesting way of doing things. I've not done it that way before, which is why we wanted to try it. So yeah, it's cool.
1: Great. And it's that prosthetic events coming up pretty soon.
0: Yeah. Hey, and I got my new magazine, the Prosthetics magazine came through today with our good. article mine, in it about
1: the ears. Mine should be coming then I should probably get it in the next several days as well cuz mm-hmm. post, post over from, from there to here is takes a little while. Always takes a little while.
0: Yeah. No, it's good. It's a good magazine. Some fantastic stuff in it as always. Yeah. There's a really nice and article that Neil's done about sculpting an ear as well, which is great which is one of those Super. things that scares people, sculpting ears. So and they're send, ears
1: are cool. Ears mm-hmm. are, are one of my favorite parts of uh, human anatomy because they're, they're nothing but undercuts. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very interesting.
0: Yeah, they are, which is why I think it was a good thing for us to kind of do in the magazine. I think it's great, actually, that he's done the ear sculpt thing, and it's the same one as the ear mold because we kind of talk a little bit, you know, about getting rid of the undercuts and how to modify the core to make that doable. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, I, I had a couple of teaching spots and it's interesting because uh, the theme today we're going to talk about like, you know, the, the training and how to start out in a sort of makeup effects and prosthetics career. Um, and it's been, I think it was prompted mainly by a couple of messages on the 911 forum and a few other forums where people are asking about, oh, I want to recommend so-and-so wanted to do this and where would I put them and everything. And it's it's interesting. I've been to a few colleges in the last couple of months and universities. Um, and I was at Bolton yesterday, I drove back yesterday from Bolton and that's a place that's got it pretty fucking good, man. They, 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 they've worked really hard to make a, an excellent course. And they're, they're in my head, you know, when you go to a lot of places, you get the privilege of being able to compare and see how things go. And they've really, Mm -hmm. they've got it down right. You know, every, what's fascinating about that place is that, you know, Rick and Natalie and and, they're all just, they just as a team of people, they work really well together and they're all interested in the subject. And when they're not teaching it, they're still doing it and talking about it and they make things themselves for themselves and they they still do this stuff. And it, it really shows. And I think the students are very lucky to get that, but you don't see that everywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, no, it's, it's a unique little situation. It makes a huge difference to the quality of the work for the students. And uh, it's nice to be able to see that and compare how it goes so well done guys it was lovely and thanks again for having me up it was felt very well looked after and very gracious hosts they were fantastic
1: i had a a little bit of a discussion um last night uh the the wife of a dear friend of mine actually they're both dear friends she's a she's a high school teacher high high school ceramics she's a master ceramicist uh, but she's she's head of the art department this term you know they they kind of rotate stuff around, and she was expressing a little frustration to me that some of her fellow staff members, uh, teachers in the, in the department, art teachers, really don't give a shit. Mm. They're just trying and to make it, it just, through the week. Yeah, and it's just then why are you why are you doing it? Mm. It's you know I. You know, we've said before that's I do what I do because I can't not do it. It's you know, it's part of part of my makeup, and it's you know you just said about the the folks up at Bolton always doing talking about it thinking about it and doing things for mm-hmm. themselves. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's the nature of I think being an artist, I and mean, if you're if you're teaching art, you should definitely be passionate about it, not just waiting you know paycheck to paycheck and yeah. Teaching high school is not a high-paying gig to begin with, so you should certainly be enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: No, it's a very curious thing. I mean, like I say, seeing all these different colleges and stuff. It's I'm trying to think. Like Grimsby's the same, um, Bournemouth the same. The staff there are people that, when they're not working, they're doing their own stuff, and they're they're doing it because they really care about it. Because, like you say, because they can't not do it. And that enthusiasm spills out onto you know what they do in their working day with their students um yeah and it makes such a difference but the thing is i've been at colleges i'm not naming any names but i've been to colleges where that patently is not the case and it's either because the person teaching it has been kind of co opted into it because the faculty thought that well you do suntan spraying lotion things that's kind of like makeup you can do the media makeup course and the teacher goes well and then i get the calls like oh shit i've got to learn how to do this by next month
1: you know what well, I mean? There's and also it's, a misconception in the educational field in academia to begin with that um, just because you have a master's degree or a Ph.D. Hmm. doesn't make you a good teacher. No. You may be an expert in the material. You may know a lot of things, but just because you've got the, got the paper to prove you're smart mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can convey that information to others in a way that – will make the light bulb go on over their head yeah. so that they can do the work also. Mm-hmm. Doesn't gar- just just having the degree doesn't guarantee you're going to be a good teacher. No, it doesn't. Hey, can you hear the
0: fireworks going off in the background? I don't know if you can hear any popping noises going off. No, I can't. Oh, it's uh, God bless the the PR40 mic, but uh yeah, there's uh there's it's uh, we're we're close to November the 5th, so there's going to be probably a week either side of that date where people are popping off fireworks. So if it sounds like um Omaha Beach yeah. out there. It's not. It's just. Um, it's yeah, just
1: the Guy Fawkes Day is not not a not a highly celebrated holiday. over No. Here.
0: Well, we we like to celebrate acts of terrorism here, so it's it's, <laughs> 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 it's pretty much what it was as a foil terrorist plot. Um, so yeah. So basically, uh, because of all that, I thought you know we were we were chatting about what to talk about, and I think it would be a really good thing to just sort of discuss the the, the training available when people start out with makeup effects careers and we kind of chatted about it and as far as i can tell there's three main kind of routes into learning depending on what you are like as a learner Um, the first one is an academic or certified qualification level which is usually a longer term project like a degree or Mm -hmm. something uh, then there's private courses in tuition where you just pay someone to go to a class or an individual to learn you know, on a short-term basis. And then there's the way that a lot of people do it, which is the self-taught through books like your book and various DVDs and the Stan Winston online course. Yeah. those resources are getting you know, better and more available. And it's 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 an interesting one as to which one is right for who and everything. So what do you say when someone says, oh, my kid's doing this, or you must get those kind of
1: emails all the time. I know I do. I I do I, I regularly get um, get emails. For, usually, it's 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 from a mom about her teenage daughter who's you know maybe thirteen or fourteen, and the the gist of it is, my daughter is really passionate about makeup effects and want to know if we can. I see that you you know you do custom you know tutorials and private classes and and workshops and want to know if you've got anything coming up. Boom. No information about what they're actually interested in. Have they done any work? Mm. What's the kid's name? Uh, It's, you know, there's so little information that I get other than my daughter's passionate about makeup effects and would you be interested in or, or available to to teach her and then you know i gotta go back and okay okay. how about some some basic information starters though you know i think doing private classes with a a 13 or 14 year old girl yeah is is off the table for me i just i just i don't know that it's inappropriate but yeah it is considered inappropriate by by many people you know i'm I'm probably as old as the kid's grandfather. But see, I I yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, just just any sense of impor- yeah. just any sense it's of It's a weird thing that they don't you want to you want to yeah. try to avoid avoid stuff like that and you know if mom you want to come sit for 2 hours at a at a pop and and read a magazine while I teach your kid how to at a sculpt or it's whatever it is mm. we're going to going to try to figure out if mm your kid's got talent or not um you know you're more than welcome to to come sit in but you don't don't plan on coming and dropping your your kid off i feel the same because
0: i mean i've got two boys i've got two kids you know a 12 year old and a 15 year old and it wouldn't be my first thought to just call someone up i'd never met and just dump them off with a complete stranger that is that is a strange thing and that's that's a parental responsibility that you know when you when someone says that it, it is a little bit like oh yeah. okay that's weird
1: i'm thrilled i'm thrilled that they are confident enough that um mm. they could do that you know it's yeah but that's and, just not the we Yeah live in, they could cuz uh, i'm a nice guy but it's the the world is the yeah, world you don't have to weird. be the one
0: to explain to them well i won't and i also don't think you should you know offer that up but your own safety that's weird but um but but the the with with regards to the training aspect of it i think the thing is i want so much for people who express an interest in it to definitely pursue it i'm not interested in uh, destroying dreams or or or, or scuppering any ambition it's more a case of it's a very easy thing to just say oh i want to do it because it looks cool But that's the analogy I've used very often. And I'm sure people who've listened to this podcast before will remember it. But it's just it's like going to a restaurant, having a delicious meal. And on the basis of how nice that meal was and how much you enjoyed it, you've decided you're going to become a chef. And then without without any idea about what involved, (laughs) you know, running a kitchen involves. And it's, it's 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 just the kind of thing where, like, right, as you know. If you've watched any of the Gordon Ramsay type programs it's like, you know, working in a kitchen is nothing like having a nice meal. And there's nothing wrong with using that as a springboard, but if you're going to if you want to educate yourself or as you say more often it's all, it's more about telling the parents to be aware of this is that you kind of have a responsibility to know. Obviously, you you know, you learn and practice and do things there are we'll we'll talk about those things. There are things you can do to get better at it. But also I think if you're serious about pursuing it as a career you really have a duty to understand better how the industry works and what the industry needs from you if you're going to offer yourself up to it
1: right well it's not going to happen by osmosis it's you can't put a put my book under your pillow when you go to bed at night and expect to wake up in the morning understanding how to make no, a, a collapsible core mold work. doesn't doesn't <laughs>
0: Which was like, I need but another one. I drooled on it, so can I have another one? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's weird. But that, that's the thing. It's like, but there aren't the, – the, the, the voices that are speaking the loudest to people who want to learn are mostly institutions that want their students to come and spend money there. It's,
1: oh, absolutely. Yes. I, and, and I've and taught it, at one of those institutions where their, their mantra was essentially, if you can pony up the dough, welcome yeah, to the, that's the, problem, welcome to the club. Uh, they they couldn 't care less whether you actually have talent or not if if you are able to you could even have you know an extra chromosome they don 't care if you 're if you 're even pony up the dough you 're in you know i 've had students who never had a prayer of answering telephones at an animation studio in the program taking valuable time away from students who have a, had a real shot at, at a good career in the industry because their parents could afford to pay the tuition. You know, I've had animation students, and, you know, I think it, it, it applies to, to make up animation, visual effects, pretty much any of these things. I've had animation students answer the question, why do you want to be an animator? It's because they like watching cartoons. It's akin to, you know... I, I like to eat yeah. good food, so I'm going to become a chef. Well, you
0: can, yeah, you can. You or can, had, you can look a, into yeah. what a chef is, but you really should, uh, yeah, get a get a thorough understanding of it. And there are, I mean, yeah, well, well, will we'll go through it sort of systematically. But um, I think one of the things with any kind of training, anything really, anything you want to do, any career path, if you say oh, I want to be a carpenter, I want to be a writer, I want to be a photographer, anything. Um, I think the the question you have to ask yourself is if you're going to make a living wage at this, and there is a, dif- a distinction between making a living wage in supplemental income or just doing it as a hobby. If you're going to make a living wage out of it, the question you have to be able to ask is um, that people pay to have their problems solved. So the question is, whose problems do you solve? That's That's the question you have to be able to answer. If you don't mm-hmm. know whose problems you're going to solve, if you don't know what your client looks like, then you can't really do this as a business because you need to understand that quite well in order to be of use to them and it takes a long time i think to kind of kind of understand the landscape and it is changing um you know what what tv producers and film tv those kind of jobs different to theater they're kind of different from private clients there's all kinds of weird
1: you know intricacies well there's so many different hats you can wear too in the industry um you know just do you want to be a sculptor is that what you're interested in, sculpting? Or do you want to apply the makeup that somebody else has sculpted and somebody else has molded and somebody else has has cast and painted? Do you want to just apply it? Or do you want to have a hand in yeah. creating it as well? And you need to be pretty clear with yourself about that because each of those skills... Takes a significant amount of of effort and practice yeah. to get good at, and you know I've been doing this stuff for twenty some twenty some years. I've been working in film and television for over forty, and I'm still learning. I, you know, there's mm. tons it's of knowing that you I don't know, don't know. Stuff
0: that stuff. It kind of keeps you grounded, doesn't it? And that kind of humble. It's well, it's a balance between well, being confident. One would hope to say yes to things and do them well. But humble enough to also know, you know, these things don't just happen and, and you know, you have to apply yourself. It's, it's, I do like analogies. Another na- analogy I use is it's really easy to crash a plane. Like, any any landing can be scuppered if you really want to. But, but the vast majority <laughs> of landings, you know, are not tragic because everything is doing what it's supposed to do. But that's not, that's not the natural state of things. That's the result of everyone doing the things they're supposed to do and applying themselves. Um, and when you do that regularly it kind of Mm -hmm. has the illusion that that's just the natural state of things and it isn't natural at all it's the result of a lot of effort and work and you know the plane that didn't crash is 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 most of them and it's also you know the result of everyone the engineers doing their job the pilots doing their job you know everyone's doing the job and 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 also a dose of good luck so you have to constantly be vigilant vigilant about things and that's that's certainly the case with 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 makeup, you know. It's you, you've got. To
1: yeah, well, it's 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 all a matter of degree. You know, the Navy SEALs' motto is "The only easy day was yesterday." Quite right. And you know that you can you can apply that to pretty much anything. It's it's how how badly do you want yeah. to be good at something? You know, are you willing to put in long hours to to get? that sculpture just right or are you gonna just chuck it in and and go play a an online multiplayer video game because you're a little frustrated and you'll maybe you'll try yeah. it again tomorrow i mean it's a weird i mean that.
0: there are i mean there are certainly i think when you're when you're younger i think it's quite reasonable that you wouldn't know exactly what you want to do because it takes a while to learn all these things and i know i didn't really understand this stuff when i was 15 so i think i think the thing when someone comes to you and says oh what can i do to to sort of you know position myself for that i think i've decided i like this as a career option what what can i do I, the things i always say are at this stage i wouldn't i wouldn't sink a bunch of money into training specifically what i would say is you want to get your transferable skills up so regardless of the technology things like life drawing sculpting painting photography and maybe if you want to try digital stuff so you could try mm-hmm. like it's free you could try um sculptress um and, and try and get those things up i think life drawing you know is one of the most important things that you can do because it it's transferable it educates your brain as to how to draw what the human body looks like and once you've kind of got those lessons in your head and you have an appreciation and understanding of things like anatomy and posture and gesture and all those kind of things that's utterly transferable to makeup later on, and that that would be a much better use of the time I think early on, rather than getting you know knee deep in makeup and then you know a couple of years later going actually I think I want to be something else. You know, and it's you know those transferable skills are, are, are useful anyway for everything. No, yeah, so absolutely. I, I I would say those are the that 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 would be the starting point when you're that young. I would say you know don't go to a makeup course that age. You know, get get better at drawing, and and I can't draw from memory. I'm not suggesting come up with things, but feed the brain with information. And and life drawing is even if it's not you know naked people. If you've got like a 13 year old want to do it, it may not be appropriate. Sure, to send them off to a life drawing class, but they can draw. You know, take classes and draw family members or pets or heads, hands, feet. You know, but dr- yeah, draw
1: realistic things. Draw what you see. I used to tell my tell my animation students to always. And I keep little little knit notebooks with me, just even you know the size of three by five cards, that you know you can if you're sitting and watching TV one night, when the, your show goes to commercial, just pull out mm-hmm. your sketchbook and draw something in the room. You know, when whenever you've got some down. And also, time, I just think it's kind of difficult if you've your skills sort of a little bit taking,
0: more. You know making you uh, accountable for those things but it is the i think it is true that if you are somebody that that enjoys drawing and is nourished and you know you have fun doing it those tend to be the people that get good at it and do it for career because they do it they're not looking for ways to avoid doing it you know they're looking for ways to do it all the time and do it more and they naturally become you know better at it because they're doing it a lot and because they enjoy it so if you're not enjoying it that's a good indication (laughs)
1: no i yeah i have I have some students that i I have some former students that I follow on Instagram, and mm. they're frequently posting morning warm up sketches before getting on with their day and I'm going, jesus Christ, your warm up sketches yeah better than these, you know, an illustration i've talented, been working on for a month <laughs> you know thirty thirty minutes speed mm. thirty minutes speed painting, mm. and it's like Good on you. This is great stuff. It's because they do it all the time. You know, it's it's about getting past mm. the impatience of not being good quickly enough. You know, it's the the adage that it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at something is, you know, pay attention it's you, you got to, it's going to take more than a couple of hours to become yeah i think that's true drawing uh, if the you're thing you're about that 10,000 hours thing it can
0: sound daunting but the thing is unless you plan on expiring tomorrow you're going to be here for the next 10,000 hours right so you may as well spend those 10,000 hours 10,000 hours doing something you enjoy now if yeah. drawing doesn't make you happy and isn't something you enjoy well that's that, there's your, an answer <laughs> you know it's, it's it's kind of the wrong thing to do uh, it, it definitely is the case that the thing you're doing should be nourishing, should be enjoyable and the, countless, the amount of people I know who do it professionally were doing it for fun and they loved it. They enjoyed doing it. So I think just the very act of enjoying doing it and it is always funny when people say they really want to do it but they haven't actually done it. It's like, well, that's that's yeah. like saying something's funny without actually laughing. It's like, it, that bypasses your ability to edit that. You, If you say you love something, you'll have fucking done it. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's, it's, you know, don't, don't, do something yeah. because you think it's easy to do. Don't let that be your motivation. Um, don't do something because you think you can make money doing it. Money money should not be the motivator. Um, mm. How easy something is to master yeah, that's always a bit should of a telltale not be the motivator. It,
0: one of the first questions someone might ask you is, how much do you earn? Because that's, apart from being a kind of an impolite question, it's also... Very indicative of, of, of wrong motivations in a way. I mean, I can understand someone being curious in the same way that if you're going on a date, you might be interested to know how much somebody earns. But if it's the first thing you ask, you're like, oh, can I see your ass? You know what I mean? It's like that wouldn't be the – that's not that's not conducive to a good yeah. relationship. That's not that's not what you fucking open with. So, you know, it might be that, yeah, I'm sure if a guy goes on a date, you know, he's going to want to see that. But you you wouldn't necessarily say that because that's not good. Um, and it reveals something about your motivations, you know, that are, are more telling. So it's just, it's weird when people ask that question, even though that is a fair fair point. Something that I don't think a lot of people think about. When they want to go into training, one of the, one of the, the, the first assumptions I think people make is that they need to go to a formal college for training. And I don't, there are fantastic <clears throat> courses. There are some very good universities and there are some excellent qualifications that can be gotten from them. But I don't think it's always necessary to just get a degree. And a lot of people just think, because it's the first thing they think of is, oh, you want to do that, get a degree in it. It's like, you know, a natural kind of assumption. But I think it's worth talking a little bit about the way colleges are funded and how they take people on. Because I think that's a very important part of, of whether or not a place is good or not to train at. Because you can see somewhere, and I know places that are doing, mm-hmm. like, very high-end degrees that I wouldn't wipe my ass with frankly because i know how those places are run and no you know what i mean there are some places that are frankly shameful um and they have a high turnover of staff and they burn people out and you know and that's that's a good sign of how bad that is
1: and my feeling my whole feeling about degrees has changed over the years um as you know my my whole career path has weaved in and out of of Mm -hmm. different Little eddies of, of the industry, um, yeah. I think it's great to, to do a four year degree if you if you can and if you can afford it. It's sh- because because it certainly shows that you're capable of taking something from start to finish. But in the arts, I don't know that that's as important as say it might be in investment banking. You know, my. Requirements for for somebody to work with is, can you do the work? You know, I don't really care where you went to school as long as you understand yep. the needs of the project and can deliver it. And that's one of the things that Steve Wang told me uh, a while back, because he would get get these requests for internships and so on. And I, I get a lot of those as well. People say, Yeah, I'd come in and work for nothing and help you and do whatever I can. It's like, okay, well that's all all well and good and I appreciate the enthusiasm, but your enthusiasm is not going to be very helpful to me yeah. unless you already know how to do the stuff that I need to have done. So so Steve would see if, if somebody could follow through with a task and say, okay, I need you to do this this way and explain it and then he's gone and they have some questions in his absence such as you know and they decide to do it a different way than what he told them because they thought it would be faster and and cheaper and not following instructions it's like basically disobeying an order because he told you to do it a certain way because you don't know what's gonna be the next step in his his process and doing something out of pottery plaster instead of ultracal may have been cheaper and quicker but it's not going to be it's not going to give you the yeah. same results you know because the material hardnesses and and you know properties mm. so you know following instructions is an important mm. thing and just being we, able to um, follow through I think a lot of people that listen to this is, is uh, really important
0: you know you got a lot in the states and the UK and Australia but um if there's other people listening in in parts of the world, you can, you know, get in touch with us and, and tell us how things are there. But when I've taught in places like, uh, Germany, for example, and the lots of, lots of places of Europe, um, the arts are taken quite seriously as a subject and they will provide, uh, free education. It's paid for by the state <coughs> in a lot of places. Uh, and I'm talking about like master's degrees, you know, and, and MAs and BAs and things. Um, but the requirement to get in because it's free, because it's paid for, is that you have to be really good. So they have a very extensive interview process which can last several days and you know, you go in with a bunch of other people and you you have tasks mm-hmm. and you are assessed on those outcomes of those tasks. And then if you meet the grade, you may be offered a place and then you know, obviously you've got to keep up your end of the bargain and do that kind of thing. And so therefore the very... Nature of that process means the the people who are good and enthusiastic will be largely the ones who are chosen. So it improves the quality of the people there. The, the the point I'm trying to make is you really do need to look at the way the college is funded because just because some place offers a degree does not mean it's going to be a valuable qualification because I'm, I think it's perfectly feasible to be qualified but useless. You know, you can have a degree has kind of, you know, qualifies yeah, you but actually yeah. they have to because if a tutor fails a student they are put under pressure to explain over here certainly they're put under a lot of pressures to explain why and if someone leaves for example there, there often is a lot of questions of why have, we need to retain the students because if people walk out then it's like um, you know it's like losing you know funding so they they have to kind of fight for it so their motivations for for keeping and passing people is almost a, a poisoned way of doing it or it can be in some places. Oh, sure. And I of course, don't worry they, about that, they... right? I really think it's worth looking into and speaking to current students and ex-students if you're going to look at a place and try and get a fuller picture because the the faculty itself is only going to present the best possible scenario and I'm not necessarily saying they'll give you the full picture. There are places, most places, to be honest, are not like that. But I have definitely been in places where I came away thinking, it, it's not a scam, but it fucking smells like one. Do you know what I mean? It's, And I don't know what how I feel about that
1: yeah well, we, we have over here we've got these uh, for-profit institutions where education is pretty far down the list of, of priorities where making money for stockholders is is the primary motivation, and you know you've got a classroom yep. with seating for, for 24 students, and they'll put 35 people in the class. And then, when students drop out because oh, promised. <laughs> there are too many okay. students in the class, and they're not getting the attention that they feel they deserve. Well, then it's then or promise. Then it's the, then it's the faculty members' fault because they're not doing their job, even though the class has been overcrowded. Maybe
0: they've got problems. They you know they, they may have ho- house you know, home problems and things going on at home that are understandable but when it's you know a a significant percentage and it's often and it's always the same ones you have to question whether or not they should be there in the first place because you know there's somebody somewhere that would love to do that course who's not there for whatever reason because they couldn't pony up the dough or they you know they don't live near it or whatever they they've got commitments Mm -hmm. who are not going to do that course and yet this fucking idiot that can't be asked turning up and again that's not everyone but there are definitely people there and it just it, it's frustrating and i just i'm just thinking if you're going to send your kid to a college well, please it's, it's be a aware bell curve. that these things exist you know that, that that there are places that seem like they're fine but i'm just saying look into it because the other thing is as well and it, it's kind of unkind to say but i'm going to say it anyway is you've got to A, consider who's moderating and assessing the entrance. You know, what's their motivations? Is it is it money? Is it pressure from the faculty? Or is it that they've got a standard and a reputation they're trying to maintain? You know, a lot of the good mm-hmm. colleges will turn people down because they're not good enough to come in. And that that's a very harsh thing to hear, but that's how they continually produce good graduates that if you're an employer and you want to hire someone you need to know that the the place you're getting them from or if they have a degree from a certain place that fucking means something and that requires people to say no to some people you know just like anything if you you know you you, as a person you have to discriminate about who who you let into your life who you give your bank account details to you have to be you know you make decisions based on information that you know or assume and and it's the same with colleges, you know, you have to present yourself and there have been, again, it's kind of a different one, but like I remember teaching and I'm only saying this because I was genuinely amazed that this was the thing I didn't even occur to me when I did my degree, I had to, you know, you had to have a minimum qualification. You had to have a certain amount of, of grades of a certain percentage above and you had to have this in order to be allowed in and including maths and English, you had to have those things. Um, that was you know if you didn't have those things sure. you were not applying it was as simple as that. that was the minimum entry requirement so that everyone that went to my course you know could read for example and yet I have been on courses where you know I did a course where it was like two or three days and i think on like the second day half three or four people hadn't turned up half the day and i said, oh, where have they gone and i go oh they they're doing their english gcse's like their basic exams it's like you know so it's kind of cool that the college is making them do this to get their qualification, which is fine. But it came at the cost of the two days that I was there. You know, they lost half that training that presumably I was brought in to do. And it's just like, oh, shit, I didn't realize. I mean, in one way, that's really cool that they're training them up to be able to get their basic qualification. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, I just thought that was standard. You know, it's like, but that's maybe the state of the world now. I don't know. But it's just, there's definitely been like a lowering of entry that there's a lower barrier to entry it seems and i i'm not entirely sure it's for the better really because it just seems like there have been some colleges where it's like a fucking remand center it's like a zoo it's just like do you know what i mean that you're you're dealing with so many things that it's getting in the way of what the three or four people that really care about it are actually oh, yeah. there to do and i'm sure you know tell me if i'm wrong if you've been on a makeup course did you find there were people there that frankly would everyone's life be better if they weren't there or they they presumably aren't getting a lot out of it so why are they there you know it's i mean i think if you wanted to do like law or medicine for example you're unlikely to choose that because you want an easy ride but there are a percentage definitely whenever i've been on a course like that where it's people who think well i have make, i wear makeup so how hard can it be so my dad said, "I've got to do something, or I'm getting kicked out of the house." I'm 18. I need to find a job, so I'll just do what I think sounds easy. So, you know, in any given call, any any given group of 25 people, there's maybe two or three in there that are there because it sounded like an easy option, and you don't tend to get that. I wouldn't have thought with law or medicine. Do you know what I
1: mean? So it's kind of like there needs to be mm-hmm. a street, and it's well, you. I think you'll find kind of a bell curve throughout, whether it's law or medicine. Uh, you
0: know. I think what I'm trying to to point out is that if you're going to put your kid through an education system, maybe no one's told you this. I'm just saying you get slackers there, believe it or not. And they may, because of behavioral issues or because of whatever, they could take up a disproportionate amount of that tutor's time, which means they actually get less of the education than you thought you would for things that you weren't expecting. So it's just worth looking at those things before committing to it, because you might be surprised how much you don't get out of it. Depends where you go. (laughs)
1: It doesn't matter what it is that you're trying to you – anything worth doing is worth doing well. You know, shoot for you, – maybe you're not going to be the best at it, but try. Yeah. <laughs> so be, be I feel wary. better. All that weight off.
0: Yeah. We had uh, – like you had that show uh, Face Off, which was on, right? We had one over mm-hmm. here in, in the UK called Glow Up. And a lot of um a lot of people who were interested in makeup understandably watched it. I know uh, I did watch one or two. No, oh, I think I watched I watched all of them actually. I think I made myself do it. And there was a bit in it where basically what they did was they hired uh YouTube makeup artists and, you know, influencers <coughs> who have huge followings uh mm-hmm. to to sort of compete and learn and do all this kind of stuff. And some of the stuff they did was really, really nice. But my beef is not with the people who were on the show at all it's my beef is with the producers of that show because the the point of that show so far as i can tell was to just basically put people in situations to make them feel terrible and then basically like when one dude tried to stick on a pair of ears and it went wrong you know the fucking the guy with the camera couldn't was almost falling over himself to follow him as he ran out to cry you know it was just like this was good stuff and it was because he was trying to dissolve the edges of the piece using um is thinner instead of acetone and it's like well clearly that's because they haven't been shown how to do this so how Mm -hmm. dare you make a program where you deliberately withhold the correct information in order to make these poor fuckers look like idiots so that they break down because it makes for good tv that's my problem with those programs it's got fuck all to do with makeup it's just a game show and an emotion thing You know, they did do some cool makeup stuff in there, definitely, but no one explained how the pieces were made because they were all just on shelves ready for them to pick. No one went into any of that stuff. It was all about the drama of how it feels to fail. It's the same old thing. And it's like, and my problem with it is when I get, you know, I go on a course and there's an 18 year old, sometimes that's their only exposure to it. And they want that and they want to do the things they've seen on Instagram. And they've never fucking heard of Dick Smith or Rick Baker. And it it tears me a new one. I'm like, I can't believe that's your reason for doing this. Because you have to understand. And maybe I'm coming at it from an old fashioned way. Maybe in twenty thirty years from now, none of that shit will matter, and it'll be about coke cans in the face. I don't know. But it just seems like it just seems like you have to understand that the people that do this care about it so much, and it it really frustrated me. And I and I know they got in touch with a lot of people in the industry to ask about what they should focus on, and they gave they gave them good information, and they went yeah no we're not going to do that we're just going to make people cry and, and video that and then have stacy dooley fucking coin the phrase mua like i've never heard i've never called somebody an mua they're a makeup artist it doesn't take that long i think it takes longer to say mua than it does makeup artist it's just like you know they're just trying to kind of make it a thing and i feel like something i care about deeply has been hijacked in order to make something and it really frustrates me
1: uh i share your frustration and I don't think face. I think face-off was a good good news and bad news about face-off. You know, mm. The good news was that you know it it really brought what we do out in the open and uh, accessible to a, a lot more people mm-hmm. uh, of what goes into creating characters for for film and television. Yeah. But at the same time. It's reality television, you know. There's nothing real about it. You don't see the the team of, of uh, lab monkeys in the background who are working overnight to fix somebody's mold and run run their foam and you know bake out the molds beforehand and compre- basically uh, artificially compress time so that you see these crazy character makeups that wind up becoming. Costume pieces as well, because you know, somebody's got to fabricate these these costumes. It's not just about the makeup. And boom, yeah, there it is. It's in in twenty four hours. They've got this whole thing. Yeah, and I've gotten phone calls from from producers wanting like a full body suit. They'll call me on a Thursday and they need it. They they want it on Monday. Yeah, but you know they've only got you know six hundred dollars
0: and there'll be somebody that will say yes to that somewhere yeah, uh, yeah more power to them you, you, you enjoy your next four shitty days of life I want to keep doing this. I don't want to break myself against every fucking rock you come up with. <laughs> Your lack of planning is not my problem. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Horrific. There was a really yeah. interesting thing about um, Rick Baker mentioned it on. And it happens to him. You know what I mean? Or well, it did happen to him. I think he was working on. They were doing some reshoots, I think, for something. I think it was a Wolfman, man. And um, they needed this makeup doing again and they gave him he said this in the joe rogan podcast he said like you know they gave him like i think he had to land and then go from the airport straight to the makeup trailer to do this makeup and they didn't film on it and everything and it was like you know how you know they needed some makeups doing and they had he had like three weeks or something and he said, like, you know, if you called me the week before, it would have been fine, but now everyone's busy, there's no crew available. And anyway, we couldn't get it done in three weeks. You know, you'd have to build the sets. He was saying, you know, you've got to probably finish the sets. He goes, Oh no, we started those three months ago. It was like, so you knew three months ago you were gonna film this, but you didn't fucking tell me. And they're pulling that shit with someone like him. Oh yeah. No, it's so it's... like, do you know what I mean? It's it this stuff happens a lot and it, it, <laughs> just because oh, they didn't fucking do it doesn't show. mean
1: yeah, you, know, you have to do on, it on makeup-heavy shows. I've 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 heard stories like this from 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 uh, you know Tammy Lane and and others, where it's by the time they get to thinking about oh, you know, we should really get think about getting getting the makeup for this for this show taken care of. So, well, you know, it's it's only like the entire look of the film is. The makeup, yeah, and by the time they start thinking about it, you know they've already spent all their money, yeah, on on production design and art direction and hiring a list actors and you know all of this other stuff. And makeup is the last consideration, even though it's the first thing anybody's going to see. Yep. And then, well, all all the money's gone. So <laughs> tough luck. <laughs> here's here's what you get yeah. to work with.
0: It's crazy. And it's it's sad. It's sad. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um what was I going to say? I had another point that was less stressed. But like I said, my my beef isn't with the people on it cuz I know a few of them, you know that I I've, I've been in touch and, and been around a couple of them and uh from face off and they're fucking they're really good and they work hard yeah. and they're lovely people and it's awesome. It's it's more I feel that 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 they just the show is predicated on the wrong things, and when when the subject is about something that you care deeply about, I, it cheapens it for me, and I just I want to have a bath afterwards. Just <laughs> I just, yeah, I, just no. it, I don't I don't like how it cheapens it, and when I've been to makeup schools and and colleges that think that is the way, and I have to sort of break it to them that no, it's this stuff, and i try and you know, make them get enthusiastic about you know, the, the 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 classic makeup designers and all that kinda of, it's just there's so much more to it than that. It's the the real deal is more interesting than this and I want you to know that. And it's you know, it's 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 disheartening in a way when it's just zip zipper faces and coat cans in the eye and that's that's their yeah. idea of, of of the best that a makeup can be because that's all they've been exposed to. And you wanna show them, you know, the exorcist stuff and
1: well, the comments the that I get and- most from from just regular viewers of, of Face Off is the stuff that they really want to see is the stuff that they never talk about or show on the on the program. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the drama and the histrionics of of the relationships of the people. They want to know how you how you run the pieces, how you how you how you mix up the foam components how you how you do they want to know all about the lab stuff yeah you know the rest of that stuff is is frivolous
0: yeah well to them this is the thing i mean all of this might sound just like just impotent whinging but it's 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 more it's more to make people like this is specifically for people who are you know if you've got a a friend who's You know their daughter wants to go into this, and you know that they're in this position. Then please just forward them. This is what this is all about. You know, is to trying to kind of throw a bit of light on that. But it's also the case that the way you beat, the way you combat that is to to come. You know, you provide information that does give the lab side of things. That does show you how stuff is. Which is why we have this fucking pop up. It's called Battles with Bits of Rubber, precisely because it's about the difficult things. Involved in creating bits of rubber, it's why we produce the videos. It's why I write for the magazine. So we're we're trying to kind of push back against that by giving that information. And at the prosthetics event, I'm probably going to meet a lot of people who are like, "Thank God, you know, they want to talk about stuff, and you know, they want to talk about the, the 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 mechanism of how stuff is done and the technical aspect of it. That's the shit I want to hear, not. You know, and Who's your favourite colour? How much do you earn? Who's your favourite actor? <laughs> you know what I mean? Those kinds of things. That's just squandering of, 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 of the time. It's just infuriating. It's really annoying. You know? It's just... So there are definitely enough people out there that do it. And I'm just saying, if you've got someone a family member or someone who said oh i want to do this or you know someone's daughter or son or whatever wants to get into this and they're young whatever make them aware of things like prosthetics magazine make them go on youtube and watch even the free stuff there's loads of like little free clips from the stan winston characters at art school and um there's 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 really really good stuff out there please don't just be looking at endless fucking low crop tops pouting at the camera with a pencil in the nose it's just not it just it just annoys me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm. the, that 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 those kinds of things. Like, did you see there was a makeup video? It came out. They always crop out just before Halloween. And it was like this little sort of cute girl. And she was painting like Elmer's glue on her face and then cutting it with scissors in the cheeks. And, you know, just trying to. And it was all, all stuff that was like. Fair enough. It was. They weren't. You know, when you when you can't afford stuff, you do, you know, mess around with little things. But it was just there were so many dangerous things like putting blades in the skin and running the The. The, the, the scissors on the cheek and all that kind of stuff. It was just like all really bad practice, and there was no mention of like you know don't hurt yourself by doing this or you know, take this precaution or use blunted scissors. Mm-hmm. Or it also seemed to be like about getting hits. And you watch those videos, and you see they've had like four or five million down, you know views or whatever.
1: Yeah, there's there's no no warning label on these videos for no, people then, who 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 are trying to learn and don't know enough yet to discern between the crap and the cream
0: no but it's, it's the kind of stuff the reason it gets that many views is because it's kind of shareable and i guess the people watching it are seeing people like them they're young and whatever and so so they kind of become more popular but like you know the, kate benton has done some really nice ones from you know little tutorials that they they put out there and those kinds of videos are, are great and informative but they don't get anything like the views and it's it's quite a common theme isn't it that you get these kind of influencers and everything with millions of views and then like the professionals that do it for a living that might put out a video although obviously understandably they they have less of a web presence because they're too busy Mm -hmm. actually working on things that they can't fucking show people stuff but they tend to get far fewer views but you know I can understand this must sound like a whinge whinge moan moan but we're moaning by producing content going the other way so we're doing our bit but I'm just saying be aware that there is a whole other world out there that doesn't look like that and I would encourage you if you're serious about doing it to not accept that as, you know, how things are done. Because um that's just uh what's that? A confection. It's a confectionary version of something.
1: hmm
0: Moan moan, whinge whinge, privileged white man, meh meh meh. <laughs> that's us, privileged white man. But um yeah, so look at um Look at those people and uh, the, 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 the the good videos out there. I guess we should do a list of, yeah, of maybe Kiana, tutorials.
1: Kiana Jones has, has some great videos on her yeah. on her YouTube channel. Now she's an example yeah. of someone who's probably closer to the
0: demographic because when they see like a grizzled old fucking bald bloke with a white beard, it's, you know they're not interested in seeing that. So I can understand how <laughs> that's not going to appeal to more people. But she's a very good example of someone who. You know, has worked her way through it. Has worked in studios and, and consistently applied herself and and done really good things and made really fucking good videos because that's the other thing. It's like making good videos that the sounds good and they're yep. shot right and edited correctly and all that kind of stuff. She put a lot of effort into those things. So yeah, that's a good example of because I saw actually. It was the day before Halloween. And it was a list of, like, you know, the top ten people you should be following on YouTube for makeup tutorials. And I think hers was the only one was like, I would agree with. And all these other ones were like... And, again, I'm not going to name them and moan about them, but there were a bunch of people. Yeah. I'm like, they're fucking... It's, it's fun. It, it is fun stuff, but it's just... The the absence of some of the other people I know that have YouTube channels that do really good stuff wasn't on there because they just don't get the numbers, and it's just that thing of like, oh, just because mm-hmm. they haven't got millions of viewers
1: doesn't mean they're not really good, you know. Oh, will shut yeah. up now. <laughs> now you talk. Well, yeah, well we've 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 talked about this very thing on more than one occasion, um, and I don't know if we need to, to rehash it, but. It's something that, that people just need to be aware of you know the, a lot of the stuff that you see on the YouTube, the you know the, the sliced wax finger you know fingers some of the stuff looks really cool mm-hmm. admittedly you know but it's made with materials that are only going to hold up for still photography, not gonna be functional for, for movement on set throughout our whole days of um of filming
0: Mm. yeah i mean there is a distinction to be made certainly for people that are doing this stuff for fun and have no intention of doing this professionally and i would imagine Mm -hmm. they they far outnumber the people that do want to do it professionally but that's my area of interest is is you know the, the the sort of professional stuff and trying to to, to approach it that way that's that's what i know so that's just how i kind of look at it but um one thing i will mention is we um i'm i wrote a blog post in 2011 and it was called what's the best way to let makeup effects i'll put a link to that in these show notes because that goes into a lot more detail the kinds of things and things have changed i guess over the time because that was eight years ago but one yeah, of the it's things a good, it's a good one thanks man one one of the things in it that I thought was very interesting it came about because I was chatting to some makeup artists uh, you know shortly before and about it and one of the things that came up was that was interesting was that um, you know years ago if you did this for a living if you were an apprentice or if you could get an apprenticeship bearing in mind there were far fewer people looking to do this then Um, it it wasn't as popular as it is now if you wanted to be an apprentice and you were taken on as an apprentice you know you had a job Mm -hmm. and that meant that you were getting paid Perhaps not a massive wage, but you were being taken on, you were being shown, you were being trained. You know, you had a commitment to the to the job, and so you were learning while you were working. And then, if you kind of, you know, if you didn't pull your weight, if you weren't good enough, if you turned up late, if you were, you know, rude or whatever, you would lose that job. It was a privilege to have it, and it could be withdrawn from you. So the power resided with the people you were working for, which is right and proper. When you start mm-hmm. a course, you're pretty much a customer so you've paid in advance for something so now the power is actually on you you know you have sort of consumer rights you have uh, there's recourse to be had if you if you don't feel that you've gotten what you deserve and it completely shifts the balance and the the problem i have with that is just means that i think it doesn't necessarily mean that standards have lowered but it does mean not everyone that qualifies is good enough Whereas I think if you passed your way through an apprenticeship, by definition, you were good. You had to be. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there mm. because people who were better than you decided whether or not you could stay. So if you have a a place where the, the, the college has to pass a bunch of people every year in order to keep growing, that does call into question, well, how, they can't all be great you know so 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 who who's who's you know where the where's the quality control and what is the quality control what qualifies as as good and bad so it it is an interesting conundrum and i don't quite know how that works but i'm just saying don't assume that it's all good just because it says so on the website look into it yourself and speak to people that have done it because you may find a lot of people that go oh Christ no I wouldn't go there if you paid
1: me yeah, yeah. there was a I have a poster from um, the School of Visual Arts in New York which is where I was gonna gonna do one of the places I, I can, was considering for grad school uh, and it's it's um, Pagliacci Clown uh, it's a gorgeous poster and the the headline on it is To be good is not enough when you dream of being great. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I I always like that.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You say you dream of being great, but I have been, admittedly, not mainly, but I've been to a couple of colleges where that's where I learned that not everybody actually has aspirations. You know, there's an actual aspiration deficit, which I found quite shocking and upsetting that they're, you know, people who don't don't want anything for themselves you know they, they never occur to them to dream at all and i've never not thought that so that was quite jarring to me but i guess that's me you know being shaken up my well, little you, comfortable shower you were,
1: you were raised right
0: i guess but not everyone had the same opportunities but um i don't know i'm just saying if you want to be really good at stuff you can do it but just be careful about where you learn and what you learn and I think that's a part of the thing that's I think that's why I I get bummed out about people that say oh I love this oh I love that and you see what it is they're loving and you go well I can't judge you for not loving that but do you also love Dick Smith stuff and Rick Baker stuff and you know do you know about Lon Chaney and Mm -hmm. the Westmores and all that and if they like draw a blank have never heard of any of that that's when I get Anxious, anxious about it because I'm like, oh, but you should know about these things, and the people that you are hoping to work for, <clears throat> fucking know about them. So, yeah, absolutely. You know how does that how does that work? Anyway, I'm going to stop moaning. I think I should stop now. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about good things. <clears throat> Excuse me.
1: I have I to like say, talking
0: about good things. <clears throat> Trying to cough there. Uh, I've got. Um I bought a couple of 3D printers in the last month. I think I showed you. I bought an Ender 3 Pro, which is basically like a smaller CR-10. Yeah. It's really nice. I love it, because a lot of the things I print are quite small, and it's funky as hell. And I also bought, uh, on the recommendation of Richard Martin, I bought an Anycubic Photon S. Well, he has an Anycubic Photon, which is like a little... It's not S L A, it's kind of Is that the the resin? It's a resin printer, but instead of using lasers, it uses um an L C D screen. I think I'm um, maybe they all use L C D screens, I don't know. I thought some use lasers, but it's a, it's a little uh yeah. Uh it uses a, a screen and then yeah, with the resin and you print and it's actually pretty quick. Um and it's only a very small print bed. It's probably the size of a postcard, but it's uh, it's it's pretty sweet. So I've been enjoying that. There was one day a couple of weeks ago where I had all three running at once. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, I got them with some accounts, you know, so it was cool. Yeah. But I'm having a great time with that. And I have to say, I'm enjoying Fusion 360. I've really gotten into that since I've started figuring yeah, you know, it out.
1: Know, Fusion 360 is pretty sweet
0: software. Because I had some really cool ideas for uh, some mold corners. You know when you make a mold of things and... Um, you know, you 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 do them in clay, and then you plaster bandage and whatever. I kind of thought, huh? I've got all these sculpts on on these boards. Why don't I just make like right angled brackets that go in the corners, and then I'll r- put like a rebate in them to accommodate the planks of wood that I have. And I have some furniture board that's like six inches wide and it's about three quarter inch thick with you know melamine uh-huh. face on it. I could chop those up into planks that are the right size, and then just make a bunch of these corners, and then I could reuse them so I wouldn't have to make so I I made them and they worked like a charm and it was brilliant and I you know I I just did them on Fusion 360 took maybe half an hour to model them up threw them on the printer Next morning, they were just done. And it's just like, fuck, I love this. And the more, the better you get at it, the more you can, I'm trying to find things now. I'm like, ooh, I could do with that. And I'll make a little yeah. widget and print it. And, and, and it's brilliant. I love it. I made some key molds today. I wanted some keys. So I modeled ooh. up some keys. Uh, I'll, I'll stick in on the thing. I don't know if we can, uh, I guess you can just throw that. Maybe I'll throw on, uh, what's that website, Thingiverse, where you can, you know, throw your, your models up there. Yeah. It's just like a little tray with like 10. You know molds on them, but they've got you know all the little recesses and slight undercuts that are rounded that you'd want to help retain a key in the so- in the socket. And I had a great time doing that. So yeah, I'm on a bit of a bit of a CAD fix at the moment.
1: Cool. Yeah, I've, I've been been doing some some stuff, some uh, little modular, uh, you know, like paint bottle holders and dram cup holder modifications. And throwing that up on the printer and bam next morning it's it's done looks looks great and it's mold that up pour it in resin or pour it up in silicone it's got brush holders and pretty nice yeah pretty sweet little little bits i love it i just love i love
0: finding things that i can do with it that are going to make my life easier um, yeah when
1: well, you with you talking about the mold i just had an idea for for because i i when I'm doing some some my little flat block molds, I'll use foam core, yeah, and I'll hot glue stuff. I just thought of you having these nice little corners, yeah, right angle corners that you can just that'll slide, uh, you know, that yeah. quarter inch foam core right down into it, uh-huh. and make it make it so much easier to whip something up. Yeah, and they're just fun
0: to do as well. That's the other thing; it's just really fun. Just to make these things up, and you can try them out. Oh, I love it. It's so much fun. I didn't think I've enjoyed CAD as much as I'm enjoying it. I have to say, I yeah, thought I'd the all be 360 Zbrush, but... is
1: is a robust program. You know, Autodesk has a you know for hobbyists is you know as long as you're not yeah, doing free. something commercial with it, it's it's free and it has the full program. It's you know they're not holding anything back. Yeah, and it's there's some great videos on YouTube to. Help figure figure stuff out, but the the forum pages on the Autodesk website are really good, and it's got a pretty good learning curve. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in in learning CAD and playing with three D printing, Fusion three sixty is is the shit.
0: It's amazing, and also it's uh, it's kind of like the three D printing community. It's like it's a very generous community around it it's like you know if you want to know anything about 3d printing it's it's not hard to find the answers once you know how to articulate your question Mm -hmm. and there's a few really really good um people doing tutorials on on fusion 360 that are just i'm sure they're the same for all those programs but because Fusion Three Hundred and Sixty is so thorough and it's free, it's like holy shit! You know, it's just amazing. And I'm not—I'm not doing like mechanical things that meshy. I'm not like doing interlocking pistons on, a, yeah. on, a, on, a, on an aircraft engine or something. I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, make shapes. So it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's well within the wheelhouse to to learn that. And that's just me. And I'm a luddite. And I'm surprised in the past six months what I'm capable of doing now. And every day i, yeah, well, I try I've,
1: I've experimented a bit with some doing some organic shapes uh, but you can get some some pretty interesting stuff going on and you know you can loft things so you can have something going from a circular shape on one end to a rectangular shape on the other and it automatically figures out the the transitions and it's it's cool stuff you can bevel edges and i mean you know you've been playing with it yeah uh, no it's amazing it's 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 fun to just goon around in it is Uh, the day i learned how to offset a
0: plane i was like holy (laughs) fuck and it just it was just like finding another a room in your house you didn't know was there you know (laughs) and it's full of twinkies it's like fuck this is
1: awesome (laughs) <laughs> and they're in date. That was my that was my feeling exactly.
0: <laughs> no, it's amazing. I'm like, holy shit, I can draft from here, and ah, you know, and then I know how to make them to separate objects and recombine them, and then delete that plane if I don't want them, and ah, it just it just open up all these things. And I think that's the thing about CAD, and it's teaching me a lot is that it does all the things you've always been doing anyway. If you're the sort of person that's been making things, mm-hmm. it's just you have to call them what they're called now. You have to learn the. You know, the vocabulary, like what a draft is, what a fillet is, what an offset plane is. Once you know those things, they're not mysterious because they're the sorts of things you've been doing. It have a name because you didn't need to designate an operation before doing it. You would just move the tool slightly to make it undercut. Whereas right. now you have to call it a draft or, you know, whatever. So it's like, oh, now, you know, and slowly you're I kind of learn that. So I think that's the thing is and it's encouraging me for things like ZBrush as well in that you realise it's just a vocabulary and once you realise that the words are just the names of things that you've already been doing it's kind of like oh okay it makes a lot of sense and talk about the Brush thing um, have you seen some of that stuff recently that Chris Costas has done Theandropus on Instagram <laughs> fuck man he did like this kind oh, of oh uh, yeah well he's always doing these heads but it's just amazing this kind of like you know first nation kind of dude with the gray hair but he'd done it like with but but he always yeah, does this thing braids. as well where he, he did um and i messaged him about it as well i left a comment and it was just like you know he did like a thing as a as a, a block out sculpt but it had like the center line down the middle like it was really clay and he put it on a stand you know he modeled a sculpting stand and a base and it looked for all intents and purposes like an actual sculpt on a table and he didn't need to do those things but i was like it's amazing because just putting those things in it kind of subverts what it is and it takes it back to being a sculpture and instead of looking at it oh is it an amazing digital sculptor sculpture people looking at it just thinking oh it's a great sculpt and it's kind of that's the point isn't it it's just it's just a sculpt it's just a different way of doing it and it's, mm-hmm. and it doesn't stop clay from being interesting it's just another way of doing it um you know like today i was doing stuff on cad and I was 3D printing, and I was hand-brushing on some silicon. And all of those things felt like the right thing to do for that thing. It wasn't like, oh, I've got to use my hands to brush on silicon. I wish there was a way I could print this. It's like, it's it, it's they're all relevant. It's just another thing to learn. It's awesome. So I'm slowly absorbing the notion of digital into my workflow. And I like it, because it's yeah, helping me.
1: It's it's nice I'm coming coming back around because, you know, for years I was a visual effects animator mm. and kind of went the practical route because, you know, I'm a tactile person. I like to be able to touch the stuff I'm working on. Yeah. I I, I don't like CGI any less than I ever did. But, you know, you, you couldn't touch it.
0: Yeah. Now you can. Yeah. Well, that's what 3D printing does. 3D printing is just connects and it doesn't need to be a great 3d printer i mean you can get a cheap 3d printer the point is you can output something physical from your digital It is, you know and it was it's fun as well because i'm you know playing with after effects like you you and i were chatting the other day about after effects and i had a thing i was trying to do and i couldn't do it and I'll send you screenshots and you were chipping in and, and trying stuff out. And you, you managed to do it. And I was like, oh, that must mean I'm doing da da da. And it was really lovely that we were having this conversation about
1: it. And, uh, you know, After Effects is an incredible software. There's almost nothing you can't do with it.
0: No, it's amazing. But it's, it's one of the things where you don't have to be a digital guy to do it, it can just be something you do for certain things. Like, I have an idea, I want to use it for some stuff for the podcast. It doesn't mean I'm going to drop what I'm doing and, you know, set up a workshop in Soho and try and become a digital. I'm not. I just yeah. – but it's within everyone's grasp. That's the whole thing. Well, I assume you can get, you know, the program yeah. going. It's, it's fine, but it's – I've, I've I've enjoyed doing it, and then when I sit down and sculpt, I enjoy that too. So I'm excited about it. because I remember being like, you listen to the Steve Wang podcast. A big part of it wasn't it, it was me. It was basically therapy for me, saying, "Steve, please mm-hmm. make it okay for me to do digital because I'm scared <laughs> of it." And it was just like, "No, the longer you leave it, the better it gets. Just start doing it, basically." Which is well, you know, it's taken me a while to sort of break yeah. that seal. But I have, and it's nice, and it hasn't I've stopped got- me doing digital uh, practical.
1: I've got my eye on a on a digital scanner. Ooh, that um, I, th- you know, I don't, I don't know when when I'll be able to, to do it, but that that's another aspect that I think is really I mean, yeah, the photogrammetry and, and digital scanning and three D printing. Yeah, it's the world is changing, man, and and the the abilities of a of a makeup effects person. Can can be anything now. Yeah. Well, i got to say, this
0: is one of the things that uh, I think Bolton have done incredibly well is that they incorporate a lot of this stuff into, you know, you have people designing and making and printing. There was a girl that had printed, I think, was it a mask? And there was some chain mail. Attached to the mask underneath, and the chainmail had been printed as chainmail. It wasn't a series of links that she then reconnected. Yeah. It was printed in chainmail, and doing all these kinds of things. And I'll go to another makeup school where, like, they don't even know what Photoshop is, and it's like you have no idea what your competition is doing. So there are places out there that are teaching them this. And the other thing they do at Bolton is they um, they have a visual effects department. And the guy that Richard, who's amazing, the head of the department, just you know is so generous and will answer your questions so thoroughly, and in a way that makes it feel like you can do this. It's just a series of tasks. It's not insurmountable. It's you. You think it is, but it isn't because you don't understand how you how you're approaching it the wrong way. And once it's explained to you, it suddenly becomes something that you can just do. It might not be easy, but it's doable. Mm -hmm. And it's like those kinds of things. And you're going to get more of that, I think, over time as people kind of take on the fact that there isn't just digital, there isn't just practical. I think you can do both. And I think when you get practically-minded people who are capable of using software, that's a devastating combination. And I would urge anyone to try. Pick up Sculptorist. It's free.
1: It seems to be the way way of of the future. Um, You know, I know Todd Masters has added digital capabilities to, to the practical stuff. So a lot of shops, you know, uh, Weta and, and, uh, I think Elizalde's, you know, um, studio and mm-hmm. they're all capable now of doing not just practical work and animatronics, but, but truly marvelous digital work as well. And that's when you've got the best of both worlds. When, if people understand both the practical and the digital and can make them work in harmony the yeah. way the world should be holy crap there's you know yeah everything, what about animatronics any, can you imagine the any, world of animatronics anything's possible now yeah, yeah. Oh, i mean been, you I've could design printing, i've been printing parts for animatronics for for a while now you know I, it's it's amazing
0: well, your Pinocchio mechanism for the nose and
1: all that kind of stuff. Pinocchio, I did a I did a dragon a dragon tail. Then I did all of the all of the support spines for the tail were all three D printed, so that the, the, the cables uh, ran through. Uh, Gary Willett is printing all of his servo housings and eye mechanisms and stuff for his animatronics Yeah. All, it's all three D printed now.
0: The other thing is, is is exciting about that is you could print like a you know a low Quality, you know, PLA version or something, just to check the size and to check the fit before committing it if you're going to go and get them, you know, sintered or or cut or something. In metal, which may be a yeah. service you pay to do, but the fact is, you can do a dry well, run with the, with the same file. Shapeways same files. does
1: that. They offer, um, you know, f- printing in, in metal, so you can do some prototype testing it out of PLA and. Exactly. Send, with send, the same send send file. Them, That's the thing. So you know it's going to be the same. You know, you design it all exactly
0: the same way. Mm-hmm. You draw it up, you, you know, you make yellow quality PLA version, check it fit. If it doesn't quite work, you can identify the problem, redraw it, you know, you can iron all those kinks before, you know, spending the money on the on the steel parts. And that kind of level of, just like you would a, 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 you know, a resume, you type it up on Word or whatever, and you print it, you change the font, you do spelling corrections, you know, you don't have to redo the whole thing every time. And it it gives a you know, a plasticity to the whole process, which is very and it's exciting. only a matter
1: of time before you're able to to do, you know, 3D printed aluminum parts on your own printer. Yeah, man. Or silicone, <laughs> or printing silicone.
0: That would be amazing to print some silicone. That would be very it's, cool.
1: It'll, it'll happen.
0: Yeah, because you can get those very flexible um, filaments, can't you? Like kind of yeah. rubber. I, I've never mm-hmm. done it myself, but I might have to try and get some because that sounds like a fun thing to do. Because then you could make like key molds or things with undercuts or yeah, I've flexible done a couple jackets. Of
1: s- flexible plastic print pieces for basically for for an eye mechanism that I still have to finish putting together. But I printed it quite a while ago, and and the materials are always improving.
0: That's great. And you do that in your lulzbot.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. What kind of
0: melting temperature does that have? Um. Same as PLA, kind of. Thing.
1: It's in the in the same ballpark, yeah. But you know the but the the lull spot the Taz that I, is, they've now got um, a new version of the Taz that's even even better, higher resolution print heads, um, multiple print heads, so you can be running different materials simultaneously. You know for for both parts and and support material
0: Uh pretty cool yeah yeah well the future belongs to people that can use this stuff so gotta get involved gotta do it yeah While we're still young enough yeah (laughs) well i'm having a great time (laughs) doing it (laughs) oh my gosh i went to this room they had there and they had like i think like 12 printers in a row it was quite magical and they had—I uh, don't know if it's a Creality one, but what's the, the the big one that's like sort of two foot square? That massive primitive one of those. And uh, oh, an X carve, I think as well, which is like a yeah. similar similar mech. like a carve, you know, like a like a CNC router. You know, Frank Capaldo's
1: same- got uh, got a ton of that stuff now because he's he's pretty much with his thingery. He's gone from doing practical makeup effects to fabricating all kinds of. Mm-hmm. Crazy cool shit.
0: Yeah, he's doing again. There's someone doing it right, you know. He's and gone union as well, hasn't he? And he's mm-hmm. all taking it very seriously, doing everything yeah. properly. And it's it's magical when people do that because it gives other people jobs. And uh, that's an interesting. It's so one of the things I wanted to chat to to a few other shop owners about. Like you know the how you go from being a freelancer to you know a shop owner. It's a completely different kettle of fish. And depending on what kind of stuff you're going to do and who you're going to hire and the kind of shows you're going to work on going to dictate and is there you know, enough work
1: to sustain you
0: yes well is there is there that and also the kind of work that you're going to generate and if you go in different things like he was doing a lot of um like computer games related stuff and the, you know stuff that i don't think a lot of people realize is it happens you know all these giant sculptures and things for, for for game show you know for sort of expos and you conventions know, that's, and, and that's pretty and headquarters much steve wang's well.
1: bread and butter these days is doing these big installations for for blizzcon and and um collectible markets which is huge field yeah yeah and it, different kind
0: of work because there's a certain quality that you have to maintain because the scrutiny that, that would get that you don't get on screen, you don't get the chance to edit it or clean yeah. it up in post, do you? So, ironically, the, the the digital side of things has really helped make practical things for real life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you 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 can't fix it afterwards, you know. It has to be right from the get go. So that's that's really cool. That's kind of come around full circle. Well, I'm enjoying the ride, I have to say. So I'm, I'm going to keep on at it. It's awesome. Yeah, man. you and me both. Well, I guess you bring that wrap that up. Uh, I would urge everyone again: if you want to get in touch, if you want to tell me I'm wrong and moan at me and 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 come at me, bro, and just put me in my place because I've got a big mouth and I need to sort out. And then email yeah. us
1: and thank you. We have been getting some emails. We have been getting some emails recently that I appreciate that I've I've been been able to to respond to. But keep them keep them coming. You know. Keep those cards and letters and requests and questions let us let us know how we're doing. Let us know what we can help you learn that you're not finding other places in your in your research. and that's why we do this we we love it and we get off on seeing people get excited about yeah, the I mean, stuff. If you think to us. this uh,
0: you know after the fact it won't mean anything because it just they just come out sequentially but uh, you know apologize for the lengthy delay between the previous one it has been a rather busy time it's been lots to keep us distracted but uh, I am very very excited <laughs> about the prospect of doing more of these. I've got a, a bunch that are recorded I did the three interviews at met in London that I've got to put out. One of which was very much about education, which was well, a couple of them were actually. So we should put those out next, I think. Um, that will help support this as well. Great. But yeah, uh, you can email us at Stuart and Todd at gmail dot com, and also check us out on our website. Um, our website, our Facebook page. The website is coming, by the way. I've ordered a bunch.
1: We have an Instagram page,
0: too. Battles with Bits of Rubber. At. There we go.
1: Um, Battles with Bits of Rubber. Yeah, the web page is,
0: is slowly coming. The problem yeah. with the web page was I thought I I thought I thought was waiting on her and she was waiting on me for some pictures. And then I realized, oh, shit, I need to get some more merch because we'd run out of some bits and bobs. So I've got more T-shirts and we've got some cool badges coming. And as soon as they're in and I photograph them and given Sweet. the pictures to – the amazing lady that's making this website happen, uh, then that website will be up and running with the web shop as well. Um, but it's slow burn just because this year's been crazy. I watched um, Giri Haji, which is uh, a Japanese kind of it's about Japanese gangsters, yakuza in London and Tokyo and stuff. So there's lots of uh, vicious gangstery things, and that, that that aired on BBC, so it's on iPlay at the moment. But I think it was a BBC and Netflix co-production, so I think soon it'll be available on netflix too so if you're able to see gary cool, had to check it out it. it was awesome i watched it it's weird you know when you watch those shows where you go oh I, I did some stuff on this i'll watch it and then you actually get drawn into it and it, it's just legitimate like even if i hadn't worked on it i would have really enjoyed that show it was it was awesome well,
1: you did the stuff that you did for it was really cool thank you man that was very cool and i'm not gonna not gonna do spoilers but there's some pretty pretty cool stewart shit in there thank you <laughs>
0: that sounds gross
1: although ironically it was gross because there's
0: you know fingers getting chopped off it's horrible anyway um yes thank you very much so yeah get in touch we do like to hear from you and uh yeah we appreciate it and the best thing you can do if you like this is uh to mention it to somebody that you know if you know just one person if everyone that listened to this podcast was to share it with one other person you know we would double our listenership and not that i'm after numbers particularly but I'm really proud of the amount of downloads we've been getting. It's been awesome. But I appreciate because we haven't done it. We big chunks of time have been going through. It hasn't been consistent. But um, things have eased off a bit now as we come close to Christmas. So I'm going to be yeah. much so more we on have it.
1: A, we, have a mag- we have a magazine deadline coming up close to Christmas. So we've got to talk about that. Yes, sir.
0: We'll get on that, too. Because that last magazine article has come out looking great. I've still got my pack of foam ears right here. <laughs> Nice. Which is cool. And I'm going to put these on. I didn't use them over Halloween, but uh, uh, we'll definitely be using them soon. But um, I'm really cool, really excited, and really happy to put those on.
1: Great. Yay! awesome. Well, Lisa, in, in addition to sending my copies of the magazine over, uh, Lisa's sending me a couple of the Prosthetic Events hoodies. Oh, cool. Yeah. I haven't I got one of those. To... <laughs> get... Maybe I'll pick one up can't... at the show. Yeah. You should. I can't wait to get them. They look cool and... I'm going to be styling, man.
0: Awesome. Well, if you are coming to the event, I think it's the 23rd of November. It's the Saturday. It's, like, the third Saturday in Coventry. If you're able to come, come and say hello uh, and get in touch. Um, it's weird, you know, we get a lot of questions, or I see a lot of questions, and I end up answering them, like, one-on-ones, like, some, like direct messages. And I don't. I forget to turn them into bloody episodes because... I don't know. It can get resolved within a few messages or something, but, uh, <laughs> um, I need to, uh, to, to, to reorganize all that, but I've got, yeah, we've, we've got a bunch of episodes lined up, so I will crank on with these. Crank on? Is that even a word? Crack on. It is now. It is now. <laughs> Crack on sounds weird. Crack off sounds worse, but, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, get on with those episodes because they need to be done. But, um, Yes, I'm not. Well, I'm between shows at the moment. I'm, I haven't got anything significant show-wise this side of Christmas, which I'm really happy about. There's another big teaching gig in January, so I'm going to enjoy the calm and get on with these yeah. show, with, with these podcasts I and just, get more out.
1: I just finished f- a few projects, and I've got got one more good one that'll bring me up to just before Christmas, which is nice to have a little little bit of calm time to get back to my purge Mm -hmm. mode of i think i'm gonna hire a roll-off dumpster and just start throwing shit away donna has a show that opens tonight uh and it's it's one she tracked so she'll have some some free time so we can both attack closets and the garage and Start getting rid of some crap. Amazing. Got some got some, got some cool stuff. If anybody, you know, I'm, I'm getting rid of a ton of molds and lots of weird shit. Well, so if anybody wants to come help us throw stuff away, you're you're welcome to keep things that we don't want anymore.
0: There we go. You can have a big um, yard sale.
1: Oh man! If we did, if we if it, if it was any other time, but but coming on winter when it's the weather is. Gonna gonna start getting dicey. Yeah, and we could have one of the most unusual yard sales of all time. Yeah,
0: you still got your <laughs> those uh, birds of prey that were living around your neighborhood. Do you remember
1: the, the hawks yeah. were they, or are they still yeah. going strong? I, I haven't seen them. I heard one yesterday. Um, I'm not sure where they have gone to for their hunting grounds, but they're, they're still around. Yeah. I, I haven't been, you know, to be honest, I have, I've been working inside a lot, so I haven't been spending a lot of time outside. We, we were into single digit temperatures last week, so not a lot of, a lot of outdoor time. You know, it's the sun is so low that the backyard's not going to, going to see direct sunlight till till may of next year so there's still several inches of snow on the on the deck on the on the deck you know the pond is the pond gets direct sunlight so that's that's cool but you know the the up and down temperatures i mean we had a 60 degree temperature shift yesterday Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's that's quite significant life, life in colorado yeah But I'm I'm looking forward to clearing out and getting some space back in the in the house and the shop and the garage and make make room for more stuff.
0: Yeah, it'll feel fantastic once you've done that. You'll feel free. You'll be like running around with no shorts on. Be awesome.
1: Mm, which is what i'm doing now (laughs) oh god this is why we mustn't have cameras on
0: oh okay well i'm gonna get going i need to drink more wine and uh i'm gonna relax It's now friday evening i'm probably gonna get this done tomorrow or the day after and get it out this weekend
1: all right so thank hey thank you all for listening and we we hope you will continue to listen and we'll see you all soon yeah man thanks a lot cheers todd cheers Stuart. take care man okay back
0: back